Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SP Sports Weekly, your weekly roundup of state press sports content. Alongside Koki Riley, I am Alex Coyle, and we're the sports editors at the State Press. Joining us on the show now is State Press staff sports writer Nicholas Pietruski to talk about his latest piece on what ASU's cheerleading team has been doing during the pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, I just got to say, uh, not the worst pronunciation of my last name I've ever heard. Um, I've heard a lot worse butchers. Um, close enough, but so we'll, we'll go with that. And if anyone wants to know more about how to pronounce my last name, uh, feel free to text me. So uh, with that said, just to start things off, what about this story interested you? What first really got me in, into this story and made me really want to get deeper was I never knew that you know, ASU's Spirit Squad and their cheer and dance team did so many different events throughout the year that required, you know, 10 events per semester. And they could, you know, range from one event they've done was, you know, cheer at nursing homes, uh, one event during Christmas called Fantasy Flight. It's a big one for them. And that's what really got me into this story first was hearing that and seeing what they do in the community and throughout that. And then just obviously getting deeper into the story and the story evolving once, the Pac-12 decided that they finally wanted to come back with football, which was a good, and then that threw a whole nother wrench into it. But I think it worked out. And, you know, I was, you know, Coach Carroll and the couple of girls, Drea, I know I interviewed um, Alexandra. I interviewed another one. So, um, yeah, they're all great. They all were willing to get interviewed again once, you know, kind of the story changed. And yeah, it was, it, was, it was really easy to run, really, really easy to write, I should say, really fun to write. And, yeah, it's basically it. So the, the really interesting thing, um, kind of subplot in this, um, in addition to what you just mentioned, that they have a lot of activities throughout the year, but that they're not going to be able to cheer in person during football games. You know, they're still practicing some on um, some certain days a week uh, in person, but they're not the Pac-12 is not allowing them in the stadium during game days. Um, what was the, the kind of reaction with that amongst the, the people that you talked to? And, and when you reached out to the Pac-12, what did they say? Why did, what was their reasoning behind that? So, yeah, I'll start, I'll start with the team. Um, and, you know, some people may have read that and said, you know, why if they can't, you know, cheer games, why are they practicing? Um, so, obviously, they want to stay ready, you know when you know you don't know if your season's in jeopardy or whatnot you know you still try to practice you know a lot of guys in the NFL were probably still practicing at their home then luckily eventually they were able to get back together they would they were practicing on zoom first and now they're practicing you know wherever they can in person um which is good they're obviously disappointed because football is the biggest sport that they're known for cheering at you know it's 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 at Sun Devil Stadium it's at um that you know it's at the basketball games which hopefully they still may be able to do um I'm not sure if they'll be able to do it or not but we'll see uh the Pac-12's reaction to it and when I contacted the Pac-12 what they said uh was um they basically wanted to cut out any to put it to put it shortly they wanted to cut out any superfluous attendance to make sure you know less chance of anyone getting covid so that, that was basically, you know, he put it more eloquently and the full quote is in the story, but to shorten it up, it's just, you know, they didn't want 
you know, the more people at stadium, the more, more risk the players have of getting COVID and then it spreads. And, you know, that's their number one goal right now is not spreading COVID-19 and, you know, protecting everyone that they can and still managing to get in, you know, a solid Pac-12 season. So what kind of tone did Coach Carroll, um, in just for context, she is the cheerleading coach, possess? What, what kind of tone did she have when talking about her team's inability to be at games or events this season? Um, she actually had a very, I, what I was surprised is she had a very optimistic tone. You know, it was, we're eventually going to get back to this. We'll eventually get back to cheering at games, whether it's football, basketball, volleyball, whatever sport. She said there, you know, eventually we will be back to it and we'll, and we'll be ready. Um, the team will be ready. We're practicing. We'll be ready. Um, and the players had a very similar approach. They're going to get back eventually. They're going to get back to a, to a schedule, you know, of sporting events eventually, whether or not it's in the future with the 20, uh, 2021-2022 season, or if it's with basketball this upcoming season, you're going to get back. And they're excited to get back because they, they love doing it. They love cheering. They love dancing. They love, you know, they, they love performing. And a lot of the girls, you know, they've danced or cheered since they were young. It's what they love to do. So they know they'll be back and they're excited for when they will be back. Now, speaking of when will they be back, as it stands now, what is the the date that everybody's looking at? Is it January 1st, 2021, that when they can come back? Is it could they be optimistic for a basketball season? The way it is officially now, when is the soonest that they can come back? The soonest that they can come back from the information that I've gathered from, in, you know, from interviewing Coach Carroll and a couple of her you know, a couple of the members of the spirit squad from emailing some people at the PAC 12 right now, everything in the year 2020, you know, unfortunately they can't get back. So early basketball season may not be a question, but in 2021, you know, I think they're going to reconsider them, maybe look at it, you know, even late December, once the football season is over, they're probably going to reconsider a lot of it, especially with basketball where you have less people, you know, on a basketball team, you have a max of 15 players. You probably have maybe 10 coaches on each sideline. You know, you're at about 50 players, you know, with referees and other stuff. With football, there's that many people on one sideline, you know, and you, you got almost double the amount of people. So maybe the Pac-12 will be able to say, you guys can come back since there's less people. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I don't claim to be one. I don't want to be a medical expert. I leave that to other people. And I just follow the guidelines and, you know, and so does the team. And they hope that eventually they will be able to cheer. And I think in the future they will be, but how soon I don't know. But I think if you're looking for an exact date, it's around that early January, probably I would say is the earliest we'll get an official statement from what I suspect and from what the information I gathered. What has their practice schedule sort of looked like since, since the start of the pandemic, really? Um, what have they been doing, especially more recently? Like, what have they been doing to kind of stay on their toes while they can't go to any events or any games? When the pandemic was very in the beginning, when it started, um, it was very difficult because you couldn't do anything in person and all practices from basically that, that day in mid-March on until about September 28th. I believe was the date they could start practicing. It was all Zoom. It was all via Zoom. Tryouts even were via Zoom. 
um, to get new members. And Coach Carroll said it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise that they were able to get do it over Zoom. More people were able to try out that didn't live in Arizona or didn't have the ability to fly out to Arizona previously. She said we were able to get more people trying out, which was really awesome. And then as of more recently now, September 28th, they are practicing three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, and I believe Friday, I just want to double check myself here. I believe that they are still, that they are in person. Um, One day they do it all together. They do the whole spirit squad, which is Monday. And then Friday they go individually. So you'll have cheerleading and the dance team working on their various routines and activities. And then Wednesdays will be via Zoom. And yes, I I just double-checked. Monday and Fridays are in person. Wednesdays are via Zoom still. So not fully back to all in-person practices, but they're getting there. You know, two practices in person is better than none. You're able to, you know, physically see your teammates, see your friends, see your coach, and get instruction in person that, you know, you may have not got in over Zoom. Now, I kind of want to go back to, to the decision the Pac-12 made to not let cheerleaders, spirit squads, pep bands, marching bands in to stadiums. Because, you know, when you think college football, you think of those aspects as well that kind of make the environment, even the viewership of, of games. You know, you're sitting there watching a football game and you hear the band constantly playing um, between plays. The interesting thing that, that I want to know more of, what was the distinction that the Pac-12 made or was there one between a normal fan and those other groups that are actually participating in the event that is the game? Yeah, it was. Um, it's definitely a gray area because you see in some conferences, you know, fans being let in or, you know, I believe my friend, a good friend of mine goes to Notre Dame. He's been at every single game, you know, just as a common student fan. Um, but what I don't, I don't want to get, you know, obviously too into it, but just a summary is that um, the Pac-12's uh, CEO group um, wanted to reduce the amount of people in the stadium stands and sidelines. And obviously the spirit squad, the cheerleaders are on, the sidelines are not in that, you know, the tw- the 25 to 25 box that the team is, they're outside that, but I believe that's still considered the sidelines and they, they wanted to do that in, you know, the interest of health and safety and being able to get the season back up because when you think of college and you're absolutely right, you think of, you know, band, you think of the fight song every time a touchdown scored, you think of the band at halftime, you think of all those fun things and, um, without them, it's going to be weird, but there, I believe their decision ultimately came down to what they felt was the safest and healthiest, um, decision for their, you know, for their student athletes and for their coaches. Um, you mentioned at the top, just a few of the events that they participated in off the field. And now with the pandemic, of course, they certainly can't do those events either. So what were a few of just talking to the talking to the cheers, talking to the cheer, cheer coach. What were a few of their favorite events? So there, I already, I previously mentioned it. Fantasy Flight is one of the team's favorites. So what they, 100 underprivileged kids are taking on a flight to the North Pole. It is at, you know, they take off from Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. They don't actually fly to a specific, you know, location. They're not flying to the North Pole, you know. 
Uh, they just make kind of a couple rounds, you know, around the airport. They get up, they get down, give the kids, you know, the feeling. And that a lot of them, that is their first flight on an airplane. You know, not a lot of kids have probably flown, you know, not, you don't even see a lot of kids just in general flying. You see a lot, you know, older, you know, businessmen and older, you know, college students like us probably flying home for break a lot. Um, so that's one of their favorites. They get to do activities, you know, it's all, it's Christmas themed. Everyone's happy. Everyone's joyful. That's one of their favorites to do that. What I gathered another one of their favorites, uh, that they've done is an event in collaboration with foster Arizona. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it in my story or not, but, uh, they did a women's empowering event there with a lot of the, um, you know, orphan girls that were, you know, around that 12, 13, 14 age that maybe hadn't been adopted yet. You know, and it, it, they're able to talk to them, give them advice, you know, and learn what it's like to be there and try to help them to as much as they could. They said that event, you know, it turned in from a very serious event in, you know, women empowering. And then all of a sudden, you know, one of their cheerleaders starts essentially DJing and it turned into a dance party. Um, so it took a pretty hard left turn and they, they loved every second of it. Um, and some more not team like large group events, but smaller ones. I know that um, a couple of girls were able to get go to the American Adidas headquarters and be there for the day. A lot of them love that, you know, being ASU is an Adidas school there. So they're able to go there, see some of the stuff there, tour. They said it was really awesome. And then they got to kind of, you know, cheer there for the day. You know, they're in near the doorway kind of and saying like, welcome to Adidas, you know, kind of that stuff. And the last one that kind of was hit, hit home closest for me personally um, was they did an event with uh, a nursing home. They didn't specify what nursing home um, because they've done it with multiple. But, you know, the, cheer, the cheerleaders go to nursing home, you know, they do, they teach the re residents to cheer, you know, get them up and going, get, you know, get them excited. Um, and my grandma was in, a, was in a nursing home for about five years uh, before she eventually passed away. And she, every time, you know, there was an event, she loved it, you know, seeing, you know, cheerleaders in a nursing home, you don't see it every day and it gets the residents excited and, it, you know, it's what it makes her day. It really does. And, you know, one of the, I believe it was, uh, uh, Alexandra Shaw, I believe she is the junior. She said it was really good doing all these events. Cause it's see, you know, you really see the impact you have on these people. And then it really makes you be thankful for what you have and the opportunities you've been given in given in life. And she said, just knowing that it makes the events and knowing that all the more special, to her and to the whole team as a, you know, the whole team in general. Nick, we want to thank you uh, so much for joining us on the show this week to talk about your very unique story. Uh, so thank you so much again. Anytime, anytime. Thank you all for listening to SP Sports Weekly. For more State Press content, visit statepress.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at at State Press and at State Press Sport. See you all next week for the next episode of SP Sports Weekly.